Welcome back to the roundtable on a special mishmash edition of Everything EOS. And I'm being joined today by Peter K from the EOS Dev series and Evan Schindler. Today's episode is a casual roundtable discussion among three amigos building some really cool stuff for the EOS main net, as well as our thoughts on podcasting and content creation. Everything EOS is always brought to you by Cypherglass. Please support this channel by voting Cypherglass in your favorite wallet or block explorer. Please subscribe and hit that like button. Now here we go. Welcome to Everything Roundtable. Whoa. Whoa. What? Is this uh, is this Roundtable or is this Everything Yes? I think it should be Roundtable. What do you think it should be? I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not from either, so I don't really care. Well, I guess I'm from Everything Yes, but like I'm not on the regular podcast. I think it could be both. Um, I think you guys should fight about should it. We do, should we fight? Should we you both have like bow? wrestling experience, right? I don't. I do. Oh, well then yeah, fight about it. <laughs> you have wrestling experience. Remember when uh, he took down Ethereum? Macho Man? Oh, Eos, Eos yeah, Man? yeah. A few, a couple of minutes of wrestling experience and a scarecrow mask. I have about six months under my belt. When I was like 20 in college, my buddy and I... Backyard we, wrestling? No, it was like real, like professional. It was fake, like studio wrestling, but yeah. it was like in this like empty warehouse in the middle of nowhere in like west virginia and we would go like twice a week and train <laughs> basically just like what did you fall, do like was there a ring yeah it like legit place what like, was your best move i i didn't get that like i basically learned how to fall and stuff it's uh, like is that belt really yours you won it you won that title i have i have a belt that i really won in college i actually won a title belt so i was, I was in this uh fraternity in, in college and my pledge day, like everyone's just all shit faced. And did you have full on like wrestling gear too? Like that picture we've seen? That was uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. That was uh, an 80s party that same year though. Oh. But um, so this other guy, he was like a senior at the time and he had this like plastic wrestling title belt. <laughs> and like we were just all hammered and we hung it from a tree and fought each other in a ladder match. <laughs> and whoever and could climb I, the ladder I, whoever, up the tree. So there was a ladder. There was a there was a a plastic like WWE title belt hanging from like a tree branch. Yeah. And we put a ladder under it, and basically whoever could climb to the top of the ladder and pull the belt down and get both feet to touch the ground won the fight. Wow. Wow. What? Ha- so would people be like halfway up the ladder fighting each other? I mean, we mostly just wrestled around on the ground. There yeah. were three fatalities that day. <laughs> That's yeah. how won They the went belt. through seven ladders before well, the we, end. We used to the do blood of sorority girls. It was weird, man. I went to this small college. We had maybe 1,700 students. So there mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot to do. And uh, the house I lived in was like all the football players and wrestlers, like actual like collegiate wrestlers. And we used to just fight each other all the time. This is uh, starting to sound a lot like a round table and not everything you <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh, about this time, I was uh, busy trying to forget my gym clothes as often as possible so that I never had to do phys ed at school. Uh, like, I was that kind of kid. Was, so, but you were actually – you were going to school for some kind of computer thing, right? So – I like I should have went for computer science in retrospect. Uh, mm-hmm. Like growing up, like I was like building websites. I built a website in like 1999. I was like seventh or eighth grade, and I was always really interested in it. But I just didn't like math and sciences, and I thought that's what the computer science track would be. And it was before 
like universities offered like uh like web was still pretty new i started college in 2004 mm -hmm. so i did uh like this digital media like communications track where it, it, i actually came full circle because in college i, I did a lot of video stuff and audio mm -hmm. stuff like i i did like uh commentating for like the women's like basketball games and like i was real into it back then but then when i graduated or before I even graduated college, I realized there's no career in this. Like, I'm never going to be... <laughs> even though here you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, didn't, didn't you go to school for yeah. something like that? Yeah, so I went to, I went to uh, college. I went to university in Pittsburgh for a year and studied, like, a data analysis. But I just took freshman courses. And then I transferred out of that program and went into, like, mass media and comm. But I never wanted to get into video because again i was like there's no you can't do video uh so i would do like adobe creative cloud stuff and even though there's really no careers in that either but i was always like screw it i'll just go be a salesman somewhere and then that's how i got into I, my profession I, w I did a lot of like, <clears throat> like journalist stuff too so like i wasn't a journalist major but i took a lot of journalist classes and i was on the the team for the newspaper and it was 2004 so like the website was terrible it was just like a like a plain HTML site wasn't tapped into a CMS or anything. And throughout like my first, I don't remember if it was my freshman or sophomore year, but I completely rebuilt the entire like college newspaper site, uh, linked it into a CMS. And it was just like a thousand times better from there. And they all thought is, was, is your version still the one that's up? Can no, we go take a look at it? But it was, <laughs> it, I, I, it was as of a couple years, like it's different now, uh, but for like years after I graduated, it was the same platform. Like it was the design change and stuff, but they stuck with the platform that I chose. So, so I like, I kind of did the opposite. I guess I, uh, I started as computer science. In fact, I was going to go to Drexel university out in Philadelphia, which is one of the best computer science programs there is. Wow. And I decided I don't want to sit in front of a computer screen the rest of my life. Like that was a decision I made at some point. And I moved through majors like, you know, I mean, just I was I was a piano perf major, an interpretive speech major, a uh, theology major, a uh, psychology major, a counseling major, Jeez. I did foreign languages. You know, I just you did all those. Majors I didn't know what to do. Once. What? No, I mean, like I moved among them until I had amassed so many like credits from various disciplines that I had to find a major that would let me graduate. Like I had f <laughs> happened to fulfill enough of those requirements. So I, I ended up with like a degree in counseling because like, not because I wanted that, but because uh, I had all these like computer science and, and that was the program that had the most electives because I guess nobody really knows anything about counseling. So there's a lot of electives. Yeah. We so should talk about now stuff. Now that we've talked about our background for <laughs> nine and a half minutes. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about dappiness, right? Dappiness. Been, what's that? So dappiness is happiness with a D in front of it. Mm. We give you the D for dappiness. And uh, uh, I don't know if we give you the D should be our slogan. Yeah. <laughs> no, our dappiness. Slogan is, we give you the D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, our, our slogan is don't worry, be dappy. What do you think about that slogan? I like it. I like yeah, that. That's not bad. That's, good. Not, that's what's on our website now, right? Yeah. Do you think Bob Marley's like... Uh, estate's going to come after us for that no well now it is that i whistled it <laughs> youtube's algorithm is going to yeah. pick up the song and we're going to get monetized you know oh, man. so uh this isn't a round table this isn't an everything you so it's kind of like a bit of cross promotional stuff we i know guess we're going to post it we don't know, both, one, I don't know. yeah but, but Dappiness is building some apps for EOS, which right. makes it very relevant to the EOS space very relevant to the EOS space we want to talk about that we've been kind of holding it close to the chest uh i'd say probably for the past four months we haven't really mostly because when you tell people about a project they want to see it 
and a lot of the initial work's been smart contract work. So unless they want to look at the code, right? Like, right. There's right. really it wasn't a whole lot to see for a long time. Yeah, so like, if you can't show me anything, it doesn't exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. What, what are we going to talk about? How Dappiness kind of came together? What is it? What is Dappiness? What are we doing? Yeah. So we got to get back to the origin stories then. So I see alert origin stories. I see alert. Okay. So look, hold on. Let me define what Dappiness is first. Jeez, my hair is going crazy. And then we'll uh, we'll go to our origin story. So Dappiness is the three of us here, right? And we have essentially, what we've done is through Pete's ability to create awesome smart contracts, one of the best EOS programmers in the world, Mr. Pete K, and Zach Gall being the most famous person in the EOS ecosphere, I just, I the just, host of everything I, EOS. I just educate the world. <laughs> the Colossus of Clout. My, my superpower <laughs> is falling into deep, deep wormholes, reading everything possible there is to know about a topic, and then... I found an outlet for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked out. Well, it has worked out beautifully. And then I came along and you guys were like, oh, this guy can wheel and deal on the phone and maybe do some other stuff. And I tried to prove my value. I think for Wait, Dappiness. Wait, did he wheel and deal us into getting him on? That's, that's exactly. kind of making, <laughs> like I'm starting to think about that now. I mean, he offered to hand the wall of the business stuff, working with the legal team. Uh, he We just uh so all signed the stuff our lease we never into our to new uh, co-working space today, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Evan took care of that for us. Yeah, via so my recommendation. Yeah, <laughs> that was really an introduction through Gaul, but it was it was cool. It's an awesome place, and we definitely talk yeah, about that yeah, a little bit got, later. Oh, later. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so through Dappiness, though, the three of us. I mean, I guess so. From from my background, I have some experience doing co-founding startups before. I've worked with a later stage startup before I started my own that was funded by Mastercard. It was all payments, uh, electronics, EMV cards, stuff like that. So not like super crypto, but definitely crypto adjacent, I'd say. And then from there, I started my own, which was QR payments, um, which did okay in Pittsburgh. But, you know, it's kind of hard. Mobile apps is a hard market. So but we said, man, Gaul's doing so well with everything EOS. Why don't we put something together? Yeah, I remember like Pete started. Pete, uh, Pete is like not a maximalist at anything. So he like. He tries to play with everything. Like t- introduce it's the not, Ethereum challenges. It's real not quick. really like a matter of principle. It's not like, well, I I need to play fair and yeah. you know be everybody's friend. It's but there's definitely some things out there that I really don't like. Some of the top coins that I would but just won't ever hold. You don't like pick a coin and say this is the best one. Nothing else is good at all. They all suck at everything. And this well, one's the best. At it's everything. not even that. That's true. But it's also like the best doesn't always win. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, um, the best position wins in terms of like idea and implementation and just market conditions. Uh, it's not necessarily true that you'll find the coin that you think is the best and that means it's going to dominate. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested in platforms. For tech reasons, I love Bitcoin. I, I like the idea of building things on Bitcoin and Lightning. I mean, I have a was it twenty twenty two point nine quadrillion satoshis or whatever it is. Um, sure, I, I love Bitcoin. I, I like privacy tech too, uh, mostly because the tech. And uh, I know that it's kind of tired to say, "Well, I'm not here for the money. I'm here for the tech." And it seems kind of holier. There's than, like a meme out there. It seems kind of holier than thou. Yeah. The meme of the guy he has like all the gold rings and the big chains. <laughs> He's like, I'm in it for the tech. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I think these, uh, the DAP platforms, smart contract platforms are really cool. And that doesn't mean I know, I mean, I don't think anybody knows what kind of value they're going to capture. What if the protocol doesn't end up capturing or creating that much and it's all the apps that do, you know, I don't know. So I'm, I'm really into EOS because it's usable. We can build dApps on it. We are building dApps on it and it works. Um, and for the same reason, I'm into a couple of others as well. Yeah. So in the office, like Pete was like, we we're 
we already had everything in US. We started everything in US about a year ago, Rob and I, Rob Finch and I. Um, Pete, when did you guys start ICO Alert? Let me back I started February 2018. 2018. I started just before you did. Yeah. So. And I started, I think, in October 2017. So, uh, by the time we started everything EOS was around the time you guys came on board then around mm-hmm. that same oh, exact yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I was there for maybe a month and then you guys did your first episode. So, I mean, I, I was pretty into EOS from day, like probably a month before I started IC Alert actually. <laughs> I remember some <laughs> of the And then the I initial, met Rob and then I remember, it just took to another level. You know I remember funny, some of the initial comments. I remember somebody going, Zach is talking so loud in there because they had this separate room with like a glass panel that I'm sure everybody who's yeah, watched I'm followed sure. the podcast has seen. So, and no, 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 no. It was just your enthusiasm, that, you know? That, that's <laughs> what it is. I, honestly, like the reason I think the, sh- the, the show and the format does so well is because Rob and I just both get – we geek out over this shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like we get overly excited. Like more – and I get that normal people don't get as excited as we do about <laughs> stupid little technical things. But but it's just I, I think it's contagious. People see us excited about something, and then they get excited about it. And yeah. I think it's just kind of caught on. You know, it's a funny story about when I came to ICO Alert. Uh, you know, I, again, like I was, I had, knew about crypto from the past, but I wasn't like a huge like I didn't have like wallets and know all the, everything about it. And uh, obviously, I knew about Bitcoin. I knew about Ethereum. But I kept hearing you guys talk about EOS. So one day, and I didn't even really know you that well yet, I walked back to your desk, which was like in the corner, and I'm like, so, like, tell me about, like, EOS or, like, show me your portfolio. Like, what are you holding? And maybe, like, 30 minutes into the conversation by the end, I was like, okay, so where do I need to go to buy EOS? <laughs> and you just, like, look at Rob and you're like, I just set a new record for a new employee getting buying EOS. <laughs> it's like you guys had a competition to see who you could get to, like, buy into EOS. I mean, Not literally. I don't but. think you guys know when I bought an EOS because I didn't come to ICO Alert as an EOS bull. I I definitely had an, an eye on like the mid cap and even low cap coins. Like I watched for gems and I still have some coins that are in like the 200s or whatever on the charts. But EOS had for some reason just, I com- it completely missed my radar uh, until That's I bumped into you guys and said, whoa, there's something to this. Well, I mean, for the longest time, it was like, called a scam by everyone yeah like i was a huge ethereum bull all through 2017 from early 2017 to late 7 2017 like i thought ethereum was good but that's because you read coindesk you read coin telegraph everyone's hyping up ethereum as being this great thing and then you go on reddit especially in uh what is it, the crypto I, I forget the reddit is that's just a bunch of trolls cryptocurrency is that just Our what it is? Crypto markets. Oh, crypto markets. Like they yeah, just yeah, yeah. shit on EOS. Even to this day, if you post anything positive about EOS, it gets downvoted to hell. But like one, once you get past that, you see that like there's real technology there and there's real a real good team there. And Do you guys think that the reason ETH has been lacking so far behind as far as their scalability and usability is because they're so focused on decentralization? That they're not able to move as fast as some of the other protocols? Well, I, I think I might want to clear up a misconception here. Uh, you can build an app on on Ethereum right now using, you know, technologies that allow you to to scale. It's 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 kind of overstated. Like, yeah, yeah, there's very limited transaction per second count on Ethereum. But you can build something functional on Ethereum right now. It's just difficult. And I think the more serious problems with Ethereum are things like you can't really upgrade things. So, uh, like, for instance, I like MakerDAO. One of the reasons I like them is the formal verification of their contracts. You know, it's not like, well, maybe some bug is is going to wipe out millions. I mean, I know there's still kind of a tail risk that might happen. But, uh, 
But, you know, they've, I, to my knowledge, they've formally verified a lot of their contracts, which means they've mathematically proven them to act in the way they're supposed to. But on EOS, you, you can develop something. And if there's a bug, which there's always bugs in software, then you can update it or essentially freeze the contract. You clear the contract. Um, and, and that kind of upgrade ability on, on Ethereum, if you want to push an update, you have to basically create an entirely new contract and get everybody to migrate over. It's, it's insane. Imagine if Facebook like was ossified the Facebook code and they had to create like a Facebook two that you had to sign up for all over again, you know, or like they had to migrate everybody or whatever and get them to start using that. Um, and get all the OAuth stuff moved. You know, it it'd be a nightmare, and that's that's what's going on right now. Eventually, I think that there there will be solutions for that um, that that make that better on Ethereum. But the question is, will it will it come in time? I don't know if it'll come in time. I don't you know? think so. I don't think Ethereum is going to fail. I, I think what we're seeing now is a lot of bridges and relays that basically allow you to wrap your Ethereum token and put it on something like EOS and you could have the scalability while still having like your your, your base platform be EOS. So you get the best of both or your base platform be Ethereum, I'm sorry. So you get the best of both worlds. And I think um, that's what we're going to see is like this mesh of like all these different networks. I feel like a token could live on like Right now we're seeing a lot of like Bancor, BNT token lives on both Ethereum and EOS and uh-huh. it does the same thing on both platforms. I don't see a reason why there, there couldn't be a time whenever we'll see tokens on like multiple like platforms, even more than those two platforms, whether they're all EOSIO platforms or Ethereum and EOS or Ethereum IOST and EOS. I don't know. But Ooh, I, I, IOST. What's but, that about? So th- yeah, what is IOST all about? Well, let, me, let me just finish this and we get into that. <laughs> the way I see it is, like, think about like Apple and Android, right? Mm-hmm. You, you build an application, and if, if you're like a maximalist to one like EOS, let's say, and you only build on EOS and you say, screw everything else, I'm not going to build on it, that's equivalent to building on Android and not building on Apple. Like, If you want to capture the entire market share, you want to capture the market share of all of the different crypto communities and blockchain platforms. So to, to build on cross-platforms, just like if you're a game developer, you're, you're building on Nintendo, you're building on Sony, you're building on Microsoft Xbox. So to, to, to pigeonhole you into one thing is just well, silly. Well, right. But we're see- what we're seeing a lot of uh, players do, let's just throw Scatter out there, is they want a future where even if something is only deployed on EOS, you can still run it with other assets uh, or potentially even on other chains, but going to add some other time. But um, like... Take your example of uh, Apple and Android, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you want to build something that works immediately on both, mm-hmm. then you don't deploy it to the stores. You know, uh, you just you make you make a website, mm-hmm. and it can open on either one. You know, there's it's that kind of like we're going to have multiple platforms like Windows, Mac, and Linux, for instance, probably. But then there are things that people are going to build that'll work across all of them, um, and that won't pigeonhole you or force you to develop specifically for each of these solutions mm-hmm. right now it's you have to pick one basically yeah um but i think we're coming up pretty quickly relatively quickly anyway on a world where i can build an app on say eos and people can use ethereum or tron accounts to to pay for it and use it and that's it comes with like the scatter bridge actually brings them all together right. also i i agree like i, I i'm betting my basically life Wealth savings, whatever you want to call it at this point. <laughs> Significant wrestling winnings. <laughs> uh, on EOS. He sold the ladder. But I don't necessarily only support projects financially. Just because I don't own a token doesn't mean I'm not cheering you on. Like with IOST. Yeah, Wait, so, so this, before we flip over to IOST. We do, do we, have to mention the courses too, though. Do we want to talk about dap, what specifically we're working on right now with Dappiness as far yeah, as the, the games sure, that sure. we want to come out with? So we've, we've got, we're in development for two games right now. The first one is... 
Should we, should we like just come out? Go Let's, all out. This is subject. All names are subject to change. Yeah, all names are subject that. to change, right? But the first project which we've been working on um, for three and a half months is. I'd say we start. We we came up with the concept. I, I we got to backtrack to origin stories of dappiness. And it started, Pete started programming on EOS just on his local test net. And he's like, this is really nice. Just it's it's interest, just like working yeah. with tables. And this is like months before the hackathon in San Fran. Yeah. And then Pete and I were going to go to the San Fran hackathon regardless. And you were like, we had like this little inner circle at ICO Alert, especially towards the end, the three of us, we'd all get lunch together and stuff. And Evan, you agreed to come. So like the week leading up to the EOS hackathon, we came up with this concept and said, if it's, because we thought it was going to be a gaming theme. We were like, let's brainstorm a bunch of ideas. So like the week or two leading up to the hackathon, we're just brainstorming a lot of ideas and they're mostly games. Fantasios. That's Fantasios the, is the name of the game. Drop. Yeah. Yes, it has Eos in the name. We know. We yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Fantasios. Like Come on, it sounds great. Fantasios. That weekend in, in San Fran's kind of where we decided that um, if ICO Alert wasn't going to work out anymore, which it didn't seem like it was business over the last, like the ICO market died in 2018. Right. We, we, kinda we saw were that. all, everyone in that company was looking for new things to do by that point. So we ultimately found something, right? It's, I mean, the, the brand's kind of pivoted, but. Yeah. So um, then last December, uh, the company kind of dissolved. Like all of the employees were given a severance and let go. And then that's when we were like, all right, guys, I, I think it's perfect timing to actually move forward with, with, with the games we talked about. And I'd say that's where it started. So why don't we explain what Fantasios is? Yeah. Okay. Fantasios is our first project, but maybe not the first to launch. First one we conceived of. Right. And how much we want to say? Yeah. I guess we could just explain. You want to go yeah. for it or you want me yeah, to Yeah, sure. For I'll it? go for it. I think it. explaining it's going to sound better than what the MVP might even have. Let's sell the vision, not the MVP. No, we could we could put a demo up even. We could put a demo yeah, up, yeah. yeah. So Fantasios is where you pick a dream team, uh, like a fantasy crypto team, uh, and you pick – we basically envision them as cards, the leaders of these various NFTs. cryptos. And I know that they're decentralized, but come on. There's leaders, right? Vitalik and stuff. Um, and we create these NFTs that you put into your hand and you, you build a dream team of cryptos. And then over a certain time period where you're playing against other players, uh, if you beat those other players performance-wise, you get – uh, the winnings you get, you basically double your money, right? Yeah. At least in, by default, right? So uh, you buy in and you have the opportunity to double your money. And not only are there public rounds, which is kind of the the DraftKings kind of feel to a fantasy game, uh, we've also got private rounds going, which lets you do a couple of things. You can challenge a friend directly and be like, "Hey, uh, Zach, <laughs> you've been long on EOS for like <laughs> ten years." Let's. I challenge you. Come on. I challenge you to a, a hand of a, a verse off. You know, put some money on the line. Uh, but you can also do a public challenge where you have a code. You tweet it out or something. You're like, hey, I'm I'm Zach Gall or I'm Evan Schindler, and uh, I think that Tron is going to do great, and this is going to do great. This is not a financial investment advice, but I'm willing to put money down on the line. And uh, you know, you bet your five EOS or whatever, and other people can join the pot and join your public round to challenge you and trade against you with the private rounds it also acts as like a referral code so instead mm-hmm. of someone just clicking your link and you knowing that you gave them a referral and hooked them up you're you're basically pete wants to set this game and pete's this big influencer and people want to compete against pete pete's able to kind of like monetize his influence by because pete creates great content he the bitcoin sign stable with everything he has developer series if you want to support pete you can 
try to kick his ass in this game and you know that a small percentage of the pot is going to Pete. Hmm. And then there's some other uh, variables in here. So we said you could double up. And in that case, if let's say 100 people were in a round, the bottom 50 roughly, roughly, because there's like the transaction fee or whatever, the bottom 50% would pay the top 50%. Mm -hmm. But that's a variable. So you could set it. So there is a variable where the top 10% of the, the scores collect the bottom 90%. So then your winnings are much higher, but yeah. you have a smaller percentage chance to win. Yeah, you, you multiply your risk and your reward. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what else we forgot. So with the NFTs, so you have your, the base cards are what you get just for playing, but mm -hmm. then we'll have special NFTs that you'll be able to buy or win. Um, and those have like special functions or features. So for example, if you played base Ethereum, let's just say one point is 1%. If, if the price goes up 1% within the game, like time frame, you get one point. If it goes down 1%, you lose one point. But then we have NFTs that have special abilities. So maybe if Ethereum goes up and you have Vampire Vitalik, he gets an extra, uh, he gets double the points if it goes up. But then if the price goes down, if you're long, and then if it goes the opposite, you lose twice the points. And you said if you're long, uh, we are from launch adding the ability to short as well. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't think the market's going up, you could still win money. I mean, maybe you can even hedge, you know, your holdings and, uh, by shorting coins. And I, I think before we move on to the, the arcade, we are only using native EOS tokens for this game. The EOS token is the only way to play any of our games we're going to talk about here. We're not doing a token model. Right. We're not doing an ICO. We're not trying to raise money. We just want to make really good games mm -hmm. that could get volume and people enjoy. And we only make money as a company if there's volume. Right. So. Um, well, so what do you, do you want to talk about the other game that we have going on right now? For oh, Vapidus? sure. Yeah. We're also working on an arcade idea, which is actually more like of a platform for simple games, simple games. I mean, I guess there could be more complex games on it, but we're deploying some simple games first. It's really anything that's high score based. Oh yeah. It's got to be high score based and it has to be a game of skill. It can't be like roulette. Right. Right. Know? Um, and you, uh, you pay a small amount, like equivalent to an arcade token, basically to play the game for a certain amount of time. And if you break the current high score, you get the pot, which is made up of tokens paid before, you know, minus dev fees or whatever. Uh, so, like, you can actually win money and even get an income to some degree by playing and playing well, by breaking high scores. And so as more games come out, there will be more pots, more opportunities for people with various kinds of skills to win. Maybe you don't like that kind of doodle jumpy game and maybe you want to play something a little bit more you know mentally challenging rather than just hop 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 you know and so we're going to start releasing games to the platform we'll probably have a, a few games out uh, initially to show to the community and then uh, add a couple more games before we really start to push it to people that are even outside of crypto uh, whenever that's possible and so i'm i'm really excited about this idea uh i, I don't know that we've settled on a name yet um, no. I've been calling it get paid arcade. I, I do. I love uh, I really do like that name, but I, I do want to just tell people if they're interested in this, you know, one of the things that we want to do is kind of work with our community and work with our players on the different rewards models, because as of the way we have it now, which isn't set in stone, just like anything else, we want to have it so that you put a token in and you get a certain time period an to EOS set the token. high score. Yeah. An EOS token. Right. Um, and what we were also thinking about implementing was, Maybe if you're not someone that could get the high score, but you keep trying, you keep trying, we could have an accumulative score that would, you know, if, if I've played 100 games and I've only scored 10 points, well, now I have, 
you know, 10,000 or whatever the math is on that. Sorry. And then, but, but I'm not able to set the high score, but I've played a lot. So maybe there's like a, a certain prize for that. That's not as much as the other one. But one of the points that we're having today's podcast is because I want to direct people to dappiness.io. Spell it out. D-A-P-P-I-N-E-S-S dot I-O. And what's can, the link to the Telegram channel? Uh, T.me slash dappiness. I'm pretty sure. Um, spelled the same way spelled the same way yeah and what we really want is anybody that would be interested in playing these games beta testing them working with us uh giving us your feedback on what you think would be a cool like prize or a cool way to make the game better in any way shape or form definitely join the telegram and give us your feedback or we're also interested you're a game developer so why don't you guys tell the origin story of this because i was out of the loop i couldn't make it to the eos new york meetup why don't you guys tell that story sure so Pete, you want to tell us? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're at the EOS New York meetup, and this guy who uh, you know came up to me. I, I don't know if he wants to be named yet. Or we, won't, not. we won't name him. We if won't he name him yet. Um, but this guy came up to me and he said, "Hey, I had this idea um, for a game on EOS, basically." And uh, we talked a little bit about it, and uh, it hit me later that day. At first, I was like, eh, "You know, that's that's yeah, okay, whatever." Uh, he said he really wanted to learn EOS programming and EOS smart contracts and stuff, but he was having trouble setting up. His environment. So he was really looking forward to the developer series tutorials that I'm putting together that are coming out next month. What an amazing Have we talked segment. about that? everything is. No, so. yeah, we uh, <laughs> we'll get back to here. that story. <laughs> yes. I will get back to that story. But yes, there are developer series videos coming out. Go ahead and make a note. Um, but anyway, I'm going to return to the story. So um, I said, yeah, those are coming out soon. I'm, uh, I'd be happy to help you. Uh, but we ended up talking about it and uh, Evan and I and figuring out that we maybe could uh, partner with this guy in order to launch a product where it uses his skills and our skills and uh, builds an arcade for games. And we can even open it up to other game developers. If you want to make a a JavaScript game and deploy it on the platform, then, you know, come talk to us, drop us telegram, sign up for an email, whatever, Um, send an email reply back, Uh, leave a comment here in YouTube, even if you want to, you know, get in touch and, uh, we want our developers on the platform to make a percentage revenue share. of the pot. Yeah, right. revenue share because they they built the game. So you build the game, you do what you love, and there's already the smart contract in place and marketing channels and everything to promote the game out to our, our listeners, our audience, our players, et cetera. And you get a, a big share of, of the income from that because you built the game. And uh, one of the other things is that uh, – I don't remember what one of the other things was. So I just want to bring up another interesting point. Everybody. It's round table. Not everybody. So um, I I guess just a little side note. This is a little bit unrelated, but it's another point we wanted to hit during the show. Um, We did recently just partner with uh, LFG, Looking for Group, which is Mm -hmm. a local co-working space. See, you should let me go first then. Let let me finish this. Go ahead. The cool thing about the arcade is that we could take – a game that's already developed for mobile has nothing to do with blockchain and Pete is able to integrate it with blockchain to work within our ecosystem. So that's the really cool part is we're working like mm-hmm. for MVP, we're working with a non-blockchain dev, but it's going to be a blockchain-based game, but just like the high scores. Right. Now it's got to be with dev permission. We can't dev- put Pac-Man on unless Capcom yeah. says you can, or Namgo? Who is, uh, that's what Capcom I mean though. We're, we're giving uh, an opportunity but, to someone who hasn't learned smart contracts yet. But then there's more to it than the, even that. Uh, that I, I want to just quickly explain. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is putting the high scores and the incentive model and stuff on the blockchain. The games themselves aren't actually on the blockchain right now 
I mean, they're not going ever going to be on the blockchain. But if you've heard about Liquid DApps, you've seen the little explainer video I did. You maybe heard Rob and Zach talk about it. They're going to eventually <clears throat> enable the entire uh, an entire DApp from the front end to the database to the smart contract to all be decentralized. So these games eventually will be fully decentralized. At first, it'll just be the you know the score and and revenue models that are that are decentralized. But I'm really excited about the future of this. All right, now back to where you were. Sure. So LFG, uh, it's a local co-working space, but more than that, it's it's focused really on games and not only playing games, but and this is kind of why I wanted to bring this up. There's a lot of developers there and a lot mm. of synergy with people that work there. There's a woman there who works in Blender making 3D assets and things like that. And since one of our focuses, our big focus is going to be on NFTs and NFT creation, whether it's for a platform like the Fantasios game that's very basic two-dimensional kind of flat graphic, or it could eventually be something that is in high fidelity, something that's 3D modeled or in VR space or in AR. So LFG is kind of an amazing place for us to be because there's there's people there that are not only just in the game, they're not just enthusiasts and like mm-hmm. love gaming, but there's also people that work in the space professionally. This partnership with LFG is going to be a great opportunity to bring non-blockchain people who are in the gaming, in the blockchain gaming. This is like gaming community meets tech. And the reason I knew about it in the first place was because late 2016, I had a really good job at a nonprofit. I was really good at my job, but I, I, did, I wanted to get back into tech. So January, I quit my job. I was, I was like, I was like who, who quit at the top of their game? Barry Sanders. I was like the Barry Sanders. I just <laughs> threw the sneakers. I threw the sneakers up on the Jeez. power lines. The modesty from wow, you, God. Yeah, you're the perfect nonprofit worker. No, yeah. you met. You guys met my boss. My, I, I did that, and my boss is like, "Great, great idea." So I left oh, I to get you. back in the tech. I did a 12 week uh, pr- like coding boot camp, not because I wanted to be a developer, but because I wanted to get back into technology. Because before the nonprofit, I was in in tech in like a business development role. And during that three month period, I quit my job. I had a three month window where, where I was learning how to program. The guy who taught me how to program is the guy who owns Looking For Group. He is yeah. like one of the best, like he's a great teacher. He's a great developer and he operates a code academy. And I see a lot of future synergies there. Hint, hint. So we've got Pete. We, we brought him on. We, he's now a partner at Everything, Everything EOS, EOS. And he's, he's currently building a developer's tutorial series to teach someone who probably had a base knowledge of programming to teach them how to build on a blockchain. Now, we're working in a co-working space with a guy who operates a code academy. So when the timing is right, we're going to probably be able to mesh all of this together. Mm. And we're hopefully going to be one of the first code academies in the United States Offering like in either an ESIO or a blockchain course, whether that be a weekend boot camp, uh, I don't think it's going to be a twelve week program. I think it could be like a one week program or like a weekend boot camp where it's like two straight days of just hardcore learning. But we are going to be trailblazers with that, and basically we've got the perfect network to do it. And he operates an annual uh, event every July called Replay FX. I think it's replayfx.com. And it's like all retro gaming. It's at the convention center. Thousands of people go to this thing. Oh, really? I see. I didn't know about this. Thousands of people go. And I think we're going to be in the perfect position to have all of our games there to introduce them to this audience. Wow. See? Learn something new every time I talk to Gull. When when I was... (laughs) I I never knew you were into nonprofits. I mean, I... I've started a couple, but I've also worked with orphans for years. I love that job Uh, because... 
I, I, yeah, dude. That's, that's great. Another another similarity between us. The wrestling thing doesn't really no, cross dude, this I, gap. I, but I, I but love, nonprofits, tech, you know. Yeah, all this, like yeah. what I learned working at the nonprofit was like their tech was terrible. Based How many on years past, were you there? Uh, probably two and a half. Two and a half. And I, the reason I left, one of the reasons I wanted to get back into tech, but I had this idea for this product that automated uh, the um, interfacing and interoperability of the blood banking database of all of their donors. So like I, I just I, I knew that things could be done better and I wanted to build it myself. Mm. Then I found crypto and I don't really regret that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm living the dream right now is kind of where I'm heading. And it, it's like everything I've done up until this point kind of makes sense. Like I did the, the video stuff in college, didn't really use it for a while. I learned like web development a long time ago. I learned code, like a lot of code. And I don't have to necessarily code today, but I could read Pete's code and know what it's doing. I can mm-hmm. read a smart contract. And when you're done with that developer series, like we, we kind of joked about this of me doing your tutorial series. Oh, I will totally do it. I, I mean, I have no doubt I could be. I mean, I think Rob might go for it. <laughs> like I'm going <laughs> to do your, your course. It's, it's interesting how all the, like we're talking about all these things coming together and in blockchain, I hear this a lot. And it's because, you know, there's so many things in the space. You could have a background in like economics with like a smattering of law and like a passion for cryptography or like networks or something, you know, or like sociology or whatever. And you'll find all those skills apply here because we're trying to create whole networks of people that are built on technology, have strong economic incentives. It's just such a multifaceted space, but this one is one that people won't know yet. Um, and that I used to be in a very uh, religious circles, and I'm not going to say much about this, but I actually had to learn to present, to, to preach, basically, to present things. And so I would build, and this is this is way back, um, I, I don't do this anymore, but I would like have a message I wanted to get across and I would compile like stories from my own past and from history and philosophy and stuff that I knew and from religious text and like present, you know, it, it kind of as a cohesive whole. And I realized that that kind of explaining, explaining, using an illustrations and stuff to explain complicated concepts in like a simple way is exactly what I've done with Bickenstein's so table. Yeah. And it's, it's what I'm, skill. and it's what I'm doing with the developer courses as well is like kind of, building a narrative out of something that isn't doesn't seem like a narrative at first uh, and making it make sense that way. And so it's it's funny, but like in a, in, a, in a sense, my crypto podcasts and developer courses are kind of sermons. <laughs> <laughs> see, that, that's, but it's, it's, it's not... I know, thought you guys weren't maximalists. What are you talking about? <laughs> I there's see. absolutely no like religious content, of course, you know, and I wouldn't put that in any way now with, the, you know, where I'm at right now. But those, like, it's still like, the skill of communicating. And I, I find yeah. it really interesting that that's come to bear. You no, know, I was going to say part of your preaching that you learned in the past that's helped, you know, uh, kind of cultivate your, your new projects with EOS. I was going to say, maybe it's helped you with your daily FUD videos. A week ago, I, a week ago now, it hasn't been that long. I started posting daily FUD videos on Twitter where, uh, I basically, I, Guys, welcome to Daily Bitcoin FUD. Our specialists spend hours every day discovering the latest news stories on why you should not buy Bitcoin. Let's see what the latest is. 21 million coin cap and... 
21 million coin cap and Silk Road. Yeah, 21 million coin cap. That might as well be a 21 million gun salute to the demise of Bitcoin, huh? You're really that selfish to think that you have a right for the things you earn and buy to hold value over time? How is the government going to shadow tax you through inflation? How is it going to pay for stuff? Do you want to live in a world where bridges and tunnels are collapsing in disrepair? You can't even cross the street because there's no crossing guards to help you out? The welfare lines are running out of soup? Huh? And then there's the Silk Road thing, right? Drugs. There were 21 million active hard drug users in the United States last year, according to federal statistics. 21 million Bitcoin, 20 million drugs seems pretty suspicious, huh? Bitcoin is for drug users. Not only do you want your school kids to risk getting hit by a bus when they're crossing the street without crossing guards, you want them to go home and get hooked on hard drugs. You cold, heartless bastard. You need to heat up your heart with your Bitcoin mining rigs, man, while you try and try and try and strive to get one of those Bitcoins before the rest of us, before the 99% can get our hands on them, because there are only 21 million out there for you greedy bastards. I'll be back with more FUD tomorrow. Anyway, you know, so I'll just like ramble like that um, <laughs> on the various reasons that, uh, and you know, it's, it's started to catch on a little bit. I love and it. You're right. It's, it's not, I didn't preach like that, <laughs> but it's like this kind of like crazy passion, like come to mind, whatever extreme of consciousness stuff that, that people like. And of course it's all nonsense, but that's, that's, what, but you know what you can really, and this is part of what we've seen with like the trolling world. You really can communicate things through that kind of content. Like I can yeah. say things about Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. Everything I say is a complete lie and does not is not what I believe, but it still communicates something to somebody. You know, and so it's really interesting. I, I, I'm, I, so so yeah, go check out Daily Fud on Twitter if you, uh, communication if you want to communication. Like I, everyone kind of knows me as like this meme master now, like this meme guy. Like that's just kind of like something that kind of grew. I didn't mean it to be like that, but memes are like a great communication tool. A meme like tells a story in as few words as possible with a picture. Yeah. And a lot of the memes I've made, like Dan holding like title belts for Steam, EOS, and BitShares, like that's telling a story. He, and mm -hmm. then it has the blocktivity stats of him having the top transa daily transaction blockchains. That it's funny, it's entertaining, but it's also educational. Like it tells a story. It's like this guy built these three platforms and has the top blockchains. Like it's a story. Well, and, and so this kind of takes us back to IOST, I guess, a little bit because we do have to mention that. Yeah. We so Pete and I have been running a node now on IOST, and we kind of stole a formula for everything EOS. We even have a podcast called Inside IOST, <laughs> and uh, but one of the things that's been successful for us is trying to make sense of because the IOST Foundation is coming out with all these medium articles and it's all very new and there's a lot of confusion with governance and rewards and all this stuff, just like there has been with pretty much every, you know, new protocol. Um, and one of the things that's been very successful for us has been trying to kind of like filter out all the noise and create a graphic to show rewards or show yeah. timelines. And then we just put like brought to you by Leobi in the corner. And all of a sudden the foundation is sharing it and the founder but of the protocol is retweeting it. And it's, it's floating around and people are like sending it to me yeah. like, hey, did you see this article? And I'm like looking at it. I'm well, like, yeah, that's that, my that's graphic adding right value, well, I mean, yeah, that's you adding make things that people. Community. That's like, exactly what I was going to say. You make things people find valuable. Yes. And I mean, like, it's a win-win. I've in, in my whole life I found to be very successful that you just give value everywhere you can everyone who thinks deserves value you give them value and over time you're going to get value in return so like you were adding value to the IOST network as, as a, a block producer and you're going to get value back from votes right and like I give so much value I give my heart to like everything EOS and like like everything I do and then now we're doing these games and these companies it's going to it's going to pay off and people are going to support us and you guys it, it's a great idea to do content for any 
community. Like I do it for EOS. You're doing it for iOS T. I also do it for EOS. Yeah, I've done videos for EOS. Like I've talked about yeah. issues with mainstream social media and mainstream but Patreon. And stuff what like it that. does is it goes back. So whenever I was like saying how we had this dream team and it really helped that we had time to like hang out in person for almost a year and get to know each other. It's really hard to get to know each other over the internet whenever all your communication is happening over Telegram or reading a blog article mm-hmm. that has someone's name in it. But like when you do content and especially video where like they're seeing you, you're letting them into your life. Like people feel like they know you even if you don't know them. A medium like this allows you to build trust and credibility over a large network of people that wouldn't be possible without a medium like this. But to get people to watch and even care, it has to be good. And to be good, you got to like, like pour your heart into it and like really try. And I think that's what makes us stand out. And I think that's an excellent, wholesome message to end this episode on. What do you fellas think? Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right. Well, I am Evan Schindler. And uh, why don't you guys do your sign off? Too? I'm Peter K. I'm Zach Gall. And this has been Everything Round Table. Everything Round Table, Eos, Cheers. <laughs>